Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of VR Download, a weekly discussion show broadcast live from the Upload Virtual Studios. We are in the two-person studio today. We don't have Heaney with us today, so all of you Heaney fans out there are going to have to wait until next week. So anyway, hi, I'm your host, Kyle, and with me here today is... Hello, everyone. Ian Hamilton here. I am running the broadcast on my end, so if there's any problems with my internet, it is going to be my internet provider's fault, and I apologize in advance if that happens. But thank you for joining us. You're not on Taco Bell Wi-Fi, though, right? No, I've paid for the the sweetest Wi-Fi I can imagine, unlimited internet. I'm paying out the ear for it. Nice. If any of you follow me on Twitter, you know that I am in Seattle, Washington, and it is a sweltering, a boiling 37 degrees outside. 37 Celsius, which translates into almost 100 degrees Fahrenheit for those of you that use Fahrenheit. It's supposed to get hot today, and I am in a house with no air conditioning, and I already am starting to feel the first bead of sweat soaking into my Quest 2 face thing. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Are you ready, Ian, to dig into this week's news? Yep, let's get into it. Awesome. Let's do it. So this one's kind of cool because I've been following the progress of this company for quite a while, and I think it's very interesting. Live iOS beta offers easy Oculus Quest mixed reality capture. Live's iOS app is in open beta, offering an easy way to capture mixed reality footage with select games using just an iPhone and an Oculus Quest headset. Ian, have you been following Liv's evolution over the course of the last uh, year or so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the mixed reality since the earliest versions of sort of Fantastic Contraptions implementation where you had the four quadrants on your uh, screen. And you, if you had a 4K display, each quadrant was like a 1080p window and you could combine foreground background and get a a really nice mixed reality system there but i can't even describe it i'm thinking of that first summer when i first got the five and rift set up and just how hot uh, that summer was and then sitting out there for four or six hours trying to get the sync up work working with the (laughs) camera just a miserable experience yeah I, i just recently went through some old videos that i had on my on old hard drive, I was looking for a specific thing and uh, stumbled across several very much failed attempts to try to do some mixed reality capture. Nothing that I ever posted because, quite frankly, I could never get it set up correctly. You'd have this thing where you'd move your hand and then the your controller would move a little bit different timing, so the latency was bad. And then you try to tweak it. Then you find out that the curvature of the lens that you're using gives you an unfortunate distortion. So that way they might match here, but they don't match out there. And so there's the whole focal point and every. It was just a mess. But. I'm glad to see mixed reality move forward and actually evolve because I really do think that that's something you share a mixed reality video on social media and everybody goes squee and are really happy about it. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it instantly snaps. You instantly get it when you see a mixed reality stream, whereas you've got to do some conversion in your brain when you see just the first person view uh, cast to a nearby device. You you don't really grasp what people are doing with their hands when you see that view. But mixed reality, you actually see everything synced up. And for those of you uh, listening to us, let me run through what's required here. So the Live Connect app is on App Lab. You can go and get that on App Lab. It's install and install it on your Quest. And then you get a companion app, the Live Mobile app, on your phone, an iOS device or an iPad right now. And I think you need a a fairly modern one, but I'm not certain about that. And you should probably get both devices on a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi connection. So mm. set all those things up, and then there's a sync-up process where you more or less sync up the location. You put the controller to your phone and align it 
to get this alignment in place. And once you've done that, you can access any apps that have the Oculus MRC protocol up and running in their app. And as of right now, that's Autica, Beat Saber, Dead and Buried 2, Gadgeteer, Kingspray, Racket Fury, Real VR Fishing, Richie's Plank Experience, Super Hot Space Pirate Trainer, and Thrill of the Fight. Now, there's uh, other open source options that are pursuing this as well. I know we've seen videos of Mark Zuckerberg over there at Facebook using uh, that open source tool to test out some of these things. This is step one. Step two, I think, is going to be seeing Facebook embrace mixed reality capture in some of their first party hardware like the portal. We really, I really would be surprised if we don't see portal supporting this by the end of the year. That's not really a long list of supported titles. I I wonder what it takes for the developers to uh, implement this into their actual games or apps or experiences, whatever. Do you know anything about that? This is where we miss Heaney being on the show because he'd be like, oh, yeah, you do this in Unity and all that. Do you know what it, what is required to be able to do this? So I think we just lost the stream here. Hold on a sec, you there. Yeah, did you come back? I Am I back? My stream. You went away uh, for a sec. Oh, I'm weird. here. Yeah. I must have done the secret handshake thing that you do to block yourself out of VR. I don't know what that was. So go so, ahead. Facebook has an SDK, a, a little tools to use. And that's what I was saying earlier, the Oculus MRC. So there's this tool to use that once you install it, you're supporting, I think, a couple different camera methods and broadcast methods within uh, Facebook. And I think, uh, if I had to guess, there's a large number of devs out there that have put off implementing this bit of code and this tool until this was more properly supported. So I would be... I would expect that over the next six months, we'll see that list of apps dramatically expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. MRC, obviously, mixed reality capture. If you're a developer and you have the ability, and it doesn't break anything to add that to your game, it would encourage more folks, I think, to do more mixed reality capture and therefore extend the reach and view of your title. I, I don't know. I'm shrugging. There's no shrug tracking yet in <laughs> on the quest. But yeah, I, I think it's a great idea. And I think it's beneficial to developers to do that if it works. It's funny. You know? the, sh- the shrug's an interesting comment because there's also the avatars, right? We're using the 1.0 Oculus avatars right now. And mm-hmm. that's because they haven't released the, S- the 2.0 avatar more broadly. But there are, I believe upper body avatars in the the 2.0 sdk and when you start thinking about all these pieces coming together where uh maybe we could start seeing some of that in the next couple of years some of those extra movements i don't think i don't think the oculus cameras are really looking at your shoulders so it's probably not going to work but at least we'll get more of our upper body fairly soon Mm -hmm. and then obviously there's an option in the live toolkit where if you don't even have a camera you can use an avatar and broadcast your view that way so it's a pretty robust tool set that's been leading the market here for quite a bit so i can't wait to see what happens over the next little bit on being able to do some of these things from your headset yeah this is exciting i might have to go and play around with this version this new having it be on app lab that just makes things so much easier and seamlessness that's the thing that you want you want it to be easy to set up pretty cool pretty cool um have we as upload as a team have we done a lot of mixed reality capture videos for our youtube I've done a few over the years. The thing that always was terrible about it was just that setup step. And mm. you 
had to redo it almost for every app. So you the camera angle that's ideal to show the particular game would change from app to app. A lot of them are over the shoulder behind you. But getting it, do you want it three feet back or six feet back? The alignment system of setting up the camera. Do you want it to be a moving camera or a still camera? Like you could have a person be a camera person and sync up a Vive tracker to the camera and have a moving camera behind the person. But then you've got to have two people for a broadcast. And Mm -hmm. what games really demand that kind of camera setup? Yes, we did this back in the day quite a bit. But it was just a nightmare every single time you wanted to do mm-hmm. this. It, do you leave the? Do, if you have a dedicated room where you could have this camera just set up and not move any of this, yeah, it makes sense. But in reality, you're usually taking those cameras down from time to time. You don't have a green screen room necessarily to dedicate just to this type of thing. And so it was just, yeah, like I said, a nightmare. And now that everything is getting so much simpler, we're going to see this become a lot more common, and I'm sure we'll do it a lot more. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I, 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 uh, I say that, but yeah. I say that, but if the segmentation isn't really good, if you see the edges of the person's body all the time, it can be a pretty big distraction. And so we're going to have to really test all this uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I have one room in our house that is unallocated to anything, and so there's a computer in there in a big open area, and the children go in and use that for their VR experiences. We call it the rec room, not R-E-C, but W-R-E-C-K, <laughs> um, because there's always toys and games and stuff all over the floor until they're having a VR uh, session, and then everything gets squished off to the walls because that's how kids work. I might mm-hmm. have to set this up. One of the features that I found very appealing, and you touched on it uh, just a bit ago, is the ability to have the moving camera. Just to have the camera kind of give it a little flare. It's not just set up over the shoulder. I, I like the fact that this has that feature. I have an iPhone uh, 12 Pro, so I should be able to get some pretty good quality out of that. But yeah, I'll have to give that a shot. I'll have to see. Maybe I'll have to throw some some candid video of mixed reality using this process up on our you YouTube know, channel. It's one of these things where I... Uh, Supernatural, I always come back to them. It's such an impressive app to me, but that's that's not the only fitness app uh, that's out there. I really, Apple invests so much in their camera system, and they can do this out of the box in a way that other systems can't if they decided to choose it. But I, I remember being a couple of years back and just thinking, what are the must-have apps that Facebook really needs to have on its standalone Quest? And Beat Saber was number one on the list. And then sure enough, they went out and bought Beat Saber and made it a part of you know the Facebook family of apps. But what I'm getting at here is I would be really surprised if Apple didn't have an answer to Beat Saber on its own platform. And being able to have something that's just Beat Saber on an Apple headset assuming the apple headset actually comes out it it needs to happen and then you could have this camera system just out of the box and be able to show people your workouts be able to play games apple could really differentiate itself by making this really effortless and that's why i would expect facebook to hit the gas pedal here and try to do its own system before the end of the year i could totally see apple coming out with some form of uh I don't want to say knockoff, but their flavor of Beat Saber, and it's called, I don't know, Track Smacker or something. It's just something. Yeah, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. All hand tracking and everything. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. I do want to touch on our chat here. A few people have said a few things, and I want to at least say hi uh, to some regulars and some new people. So we've got... Uh, Aaron Thompson, Backspace, EYT, the KS Production, Daniel Lingard Leaper, Paralyzed Pair, Sexy Bicycle. Hi, how are you? Uh, yeah, you're in Portland, so you know about all the heat. Uh, somebody wanted to know if uh, Destiny's Child Forever, uh, Seattle does not use Celsius. I do. Uh, just to be in my quest to be more worldly. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Okay. 
So Onakazi and all of our regulars, hello, hello. Nice to see you all in there. We can't read everything that's on the chat right now, but I'm trying to glean as much as I can off of what I can read. Yeah. So yeah, uh, show, do we big show? Thank yeah. you for the donation. And I've got the chat here up on my phone and big show. Was oh, okay, good. That Facebook is creating the Oasis and the Oasis features. Facebook didn't do some of these things. They're popularizing some of these features. But like I was suggesting earlier that this was something that was community driven. Do you know what somebody needs to do? And, and I don't know, maybe I'm the one that has to do this. Get one of those follow drones, those drones that just you know, just set it up there and it follows you and have it record your mixed reality tracking. And then you can go out into a soccer field and do some big multi-area, like an arena type of VR experience with one of those follow drones. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Mm, that would be interesting. I wonder how hard that would be to pull off. I bet we'd, we'll see that in the next year or so, too. I'm just trying to justify the purchase of a drone that follows me. <laughs> we'll talk to... <laughs> We'll talk to Oz and see what Oz purpose. thinks. Oz Balabani and the, the one of the photogrammetry experts in the world is using drones all the time. I'm curious to see. Uh, he's over there working on puzzling places, and mm -hmm. I'd be curious to see what he thinks of that that possibility. I actually had somebody show me a drone photogrammetry model in a very too much nda i can't talk too much about it, but i saw a model that was done with drones and in, in photogrammetry and it was uh doable it was interesting i could see entire maps being made for games and experiences using photogrammetry from drones so yeah that's cool stuff very cool stuff all right do we have anything else that we want to talk about for live for right now no let's get on to the next no. thing all right live and let die all right Adobe, next piece of news, Adobe productizes Oculus Medium as Substance 3D Modeler. Adobe just launched a new Substance 3D suite of creation tools. The Oculus Medium VR sculpting app is acquired from Facebook, will evolve to become a new product called Substance 3D Modeler. This is intriguing to me, that Facebook sold something to somebody <laughs> as opposed to buying something from somebody. What do you think of this? Yeah, it's a very interesting move. And I don't think there's any comparable thing to it. It was Facebook recognizing they had a great team and a very usable product and no place for it because it required the power of a PC so much to pull off what they were trying to do. Um, I'll note that uh, Sculptor VR, the developer over there, the original developer of Sculptor VR, went over to Apple. And I very much want to see, I hope that there's some kind of a sculpting program being developed by Apple to answer some of these features. But yes, Medium for a long time was the showpiece for what was possible with creativity on the PC platform from Facebook. And clearly that didn't have a sort of a route to consumers that Facebook thought was worth investment in. And Adobe is the creativity company. So it's a, it, was a, it made a lot of sense to hand that product over hand it off to adobe and let them take it from here so that's what we're seeing um really uh, to come to fruition here there's no price available yet for how much this is the it's basically there's this 3d collection of products from adobe and i believe it's about 40 dollars a month starting for all these products but this particular medium-based product is in beta right now so i don't think there's an official price announced for it just yet yeah i saw that pricing was like 39.99 a month and i was yeah. like okay you must really like it like i when i first saw tilt brush i was like oh it's just a matter of time before somebody turns this into like a clay type of thing and then i can fulfill my dream of being demi more sculpting clay with patrick swayze behind me that's everybody's dream right i know oh, yeah, he and of I, course. 
Uh, yeah, whenever I, mean, I hear that, I, I hear the music in my head uh, on Chain uh-huh. Melody. You just had to say it, and I could just—it's playing for me. And yeah, I want that. Yeah, there was oh, there's those <laughs> push matrix videos of him showing that exactly being done in VR. And uh, I went and met with him in his build for Quest, where he had this modeling program, and the two of us were standing together uh, <laughs> modeling this thing. And I just. I couldn't hear. I I had to hear Unchained Melody in my head. It was playing mm-hmm. with. Yeah, just don't put that on the video. You'll get dinged for a copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Ooh! Imagine if there was actually a controller that looked like that at one point. Yeah, I'd be curious huh. to see. This medium brings things full circle with three D printing quite a bit, and. There's a company out there, I can't think of its name offhand, that's done a lot of the aggregation of 3D printing technologies. And I wonder how hard it is for, how expensive it is to get 3D printers down in price, the setup easy. I know what a hobbyist type device that is. And Mm -hmm. I still, it's been decades in the making. How hard is it going to be for us to get... 3d printing down to just a couple hundred dollars and have it be effortless to get a 3d print out of some of these things yeah my personal experience with that just really quickly i purchased uh, a 3d printer and you're right it is very hobbyist you have to be okay with it not working all of the time getting 80 percent done and then it failing i have many have failed prints all over the place. And it has, I have modeled a few items in Blender and then printed off what I built. So yes, that is a reality. I had to build some pieces for a little project I was doing and I built them in Blender and then tried them out and they were wrong. So I went back in and tweaked them again. The thing is it was on a 2D screen and I had no sense of scale. I had no sense of how it would look. It, building something in 3D here and then printing it out. I, I feel like there is definitely an advantage there. Or maybe if you could import something that you started in like Blender or something like that and then bring it in and then mold it and tweak it a little bit and then print it out. I don't know. There's a lot of opportunity here and I think it's just a matter of time before this process becomes adopted and much more mainstream. Yeah. Do we have anything in the comments? I think we uh, people are uh, thinking about uh, Patrick Swayze and Ghost quite a bit in the comments, I think. How um, could you not? And Anthony mentioning that Medium is Adobe's first 3D modeling app, so they're trying to compete with 3DS Max, Maya, Cinema 4D. Yeah. I guess if anybody was going to take this and run with it, it would be somebody like Adobe. It's it's creatives want Adobe products. So why not give them that level of creativeness? It's just logical. It's a way to bring VR to a new group of people who might not, who might be cautious about jumping in. That's just how I look at it. I want to find this image before we move on to the next topic. I've got to, I'm going to see if I can pull off the Heaney thing of doing this really fast and get it into our, our system, but there was a T-Rex made in Sculptor VR, and it was just absolutely enormous. This the, the scale of this T-Rex, and he printed it out in pieces and then put them together like a 3D puzzle. And I saw that. Yeah, we did an article on it way back when, but I can't find the image uh, quickly here. But it was just incredible. If you go search T-Rex upload VR, you can see the images of this thing. Just mm-hmm. enormous, and then he, he, it was just painted to look exactly like a T-Rex. He was going to have it breaking out of his wall. Uh, <laughs> and again, it was made in this Sculptor VR app that was uh, now the, the the original developer of Sculptor VR has moved on to Apple. So yeah, uh, I and hope that's to a see brilliant concept too. Future. Playing around with scale. I remember when I was a wee lad, my dad took one of those, and it's funny because it was a T-Rex. Took one of those little. You get them at museum gift shops, the little T-Rexes that are made of little pieces of wood. When you stick them all together and it becomes a little T-Rex. Well, my dad took one of those and blew it up. 
and to the point where it stood 10 feet tall by the time he was done. He, he, he made huge versions of all the different pieces and put it together, painted it gray. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to screw around with scale, especially in things like VR. I, I could make Ian like a giant Ian, the, the Ian that ate Seattle, that kind of thing. That'd be fun to do. It seems like something that you could do in one of those uh, social VR experiences like VR chat. That's one of the last subjects I really want to get into. I've had some experience with that this week. Then let's let's move on to the VR chat. Uh, so next piece of news, and actually I believe this is our last piece of news for the day today, but we're going to talk about it for quite a while. So I want to hold on. VR chat raises $80 million. I'm doing the little <laughs> Dr. Evil thing. To prepare for social VR growth, it's a Series D investment around to accelerate development and prepare for social VR growth. I I was around for VR Chat day zero. I was around to watch VR Chat. I have watched it grow, and I feel like it's that 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 cousin that you see at all the family functions. And each time you do, you're like, oh wow, they've grown. They've Look at what they're doing. It's fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'm just so absolutely thrilled to see that VR chat is still just continuously staying in their rightful place as a, a top tier social VR experience. Uh, go ahead, Ian. I know you have lots to say about this. Yeah, there is a lot to get into with this. So the round is led by Anthos Capital with Makers Fund, GFR Fund, and others participating in the round. They threw out this number with the announcement saying that they've had 40,000 concurrent users in VR chat, which is a pretty significant number to share out there. This comes right in sort of the wake of Rec Room raising $100 million earlier this year for its rapidly growing platform that's available on every device imaginable at this point. It's getting on everything, and you can get in there and play a game no matter the device over there in Rec Room. VR Chat is a little bit more heavily VR-focused. They both can be used in 2D modes, but I want to say that they both can be used in 2D modes. They can both be used in VR, but it feels like VR chat with uh, full-body avatars and the range of tools that they've got there is a little bit more heavily centered in virtual reality than, than Rec Room is, even though it's a toss-up. They both do both so well. The thing I want to throw out there that I tried in the last week was called Welcome to Respite. And I just put up an interview over the weekend with uh, the two performers who were in there with me. You can go find this interview on our channel. Uh, we've also got it on our homepage, uploadvr.com, where I talk to these uh, people. I ended up talking to them for more than an hour, almost an hour and a half in our studio here. I edited it down to less than 30 minutes because it was a meandering discussion, jumping all over the place, trying to get at really why I was so impacted by it and what VR chat, what it means for VR chat as a platform to be able to deliver this kind of experience. It was a very big deal in my mind. So let me give a quick recap of what this welcome to respite experience really is. So let me throw up this image here. Where is it? Here we go. All right, you get into this experience and there's an onboarding before you actually get into this virtual world where they have you deactivate your sort of protective barrier. So the bubble, the personal bubble that you can keep people out of, you have to turn that off because these actors, these performers are going to get into your personal space and try to interact with you in pretty uh, nice ways. They don't, they, the, the two actors in this are very kind, very helpful and personable they, they don't scare you but as you can tell from this screenshot there is a scary element to something that happens in here but the key here is that the participant in the experience is embodied as alex this child and you're child-sized in the experience while the two performers are adult-sized and they were able to use vr chat to mess with this scale so you as a child, everything is 
your world is child size to you. The things are big. You're small when you go over to this stove and pour in the macaroni and cheese with your mom here talking to you and helping you cook dinner. And it is absolutely incredible how you all that happens by by doing the scale difference you really do feel more embodied as a child and this creepy thing that happens i was scared i was genuinely like i don't want to go near an area of the room because this this scary thing happened and these performers are constantly prompting you with questions how are you doing what do you want to do are you okay and me as this like timid child character suddenly embodied as a child i didn't want to do certain things and i was very quiet throughout the experience uh, but it was incredible the way this was all th- the way i felt so embodied just by the scale difference it was just really phenomenal and it was all done inside of vr chat now we've seen plenty of things done with vr acting over the years Rec Room itself, we covered it, had a Princess Bride performance where they did like a typical, like a normal stage play where they had adapted Princess Bride, almost like two, a giant, super long performance with all the acts of the entire play performed inside Rec Room. Then there's The Tempest from The Under Presents uh, done in VR, which is an incredible uh, performance. And one of the actors, Deirdre V. Lyons, was uh, one of the performers in The Tempest. Uh, she was the mom in this experience inside VR chat. And it's this is growing up. This is getting really compelling and really incredible. There is still a lot of issues with billing and getting the person their actual ticket. That's the biggest roadblock right now for this getting to be a a more common experience Uh, one of the things they explained to me it was just the two actors running the entire show so in addition to them performing and acting with me and interacting with me as this participant in their experience they're moving along the story and making sure it all works and it was just all perfect inside vr chat all worked really well except for that initial like how do I get to that world and how do I buy my ticket type experience that needs to improve quite a bit for this to get uh, to be much bigger. I've just, we've, I've seen things that were custom built. The Tempest was custom built with its own app and you go to this ticketing booth and buy your ticket. And, uh, this was done in VR chat and I couldn't tell you which one was like more purpose built for this occasion. VR chat pulled it off really well. So this is one of those weird, cool, awesome evolution type of things where performance art, at what point, because you're interacting with the performance. And so there's you're you are in the role. And so it's very ready player one flick vids or whatever they were called in the show book, whatever it is, something like this. I'm starting to see some blurred lines. For example, there was a, uh, there, there's a group of people doing a stand-up comedy. So it's, uh, it's called failed to render and they did stand-up comedy. And they did this cool, weird mixed hybrid thing in Vegas just recently where they did a VR comedy show, but they also did it to a live audience in Vegas and it was in VR. And it's just, it's unbelievably cool. You're breaking down virtual walls, basically. And you're bringing in, especially with nowadays, people are a little hesitant to go to a show, especially where there's large groups of people for obvious health reasons. The ability to experience the exact same comedy you're standing up there with a microphone. It doesn't require a whole lot of interaction, but you still need to hear. Have you ever heard a, a comedian do a show to no audience? It's depressing. You need to have that interaction, but to get it from VR and real life, that's truly that hybrid experience. So any of you who are into stand-up comedy, check that out. Failed to render comedy. That, that was pretty neat. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Things like that. VR chat is a perfect medium for this 
the breaking down these barriers to merge some of these things. So you've got this experience here, and I'm telling you right now, while looking at this image, don't go upstairs. That, that's that's <laughs> like horror movie number one. You don't the rules. You don't go upstairs. There's something up there, and you know it. You know where'd my hand go? Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Don't go up there. Don't go up the steps. Yeah. This is exciting. Now, have you spent a lot of time in VR chat yourself just socializing, interacting with all of the unique avatars that exist out there? Yes and no. Off, It's not my cup of tea most of the time. And honestly, I'm seeing in our comments a lot of people made really uncomfortable by VR chat. I'm going to throw it out there that both Rec Room and VR chat need to have much stronger, better tools for uh, parents to manage whether whether their kids get accounts. I know Rec Room has junior accounts where mm-hmm. uh, voice chat is really deactivated Yeah, for those accounts that are managed. But even so, there's the 13 age limit on headset use, and you go into these things and you hear voices that are much younger than that. And it's very... This is these can be scary places with scary people doing scary things if you're not careful. Just want to throw that out there that you need to be very aware. The flip side of that, that the other thing that I want to get across, it came out in my interview as I was talking to these two performers. Um, one of the things they said in that interview was that there are no gatekeepers on VR right now. That you can go in and get all of the tools necessary to make an experience like this for pretty much free. With a few exceptions, you can go and build something very similar to what they did here for next to nothing. And you can find a community of people who are interested in doing the same thing and and building something like this. The flip side of no gatekeeper means that it can be a dangerous place. And at the same time, people, uh, there's this desire for Facebook not to be the end-all, be-all gatekeeper, the, the arbiter of what can be done and said in VR. And in reality, when we get to the AR version of all this stuff, and a lot of people don't buy Facebook headsets. They, they complain in our comments about the power Facebook has, even right now, before they get to tens of millions or hundreds of millions of devices sold. And there's this is, if I'm going to point to the center of the VR space and the tension of everything that's going on, it's point to VR chat as this independent, not Facebook owned entity where you can have, you can do and say, uh, go to anywhere and visit any kind of virtual world you want whether it's oasis or metaverse it's pretty darn close to that experience and it's not owned by facebook and of course it's just <laughs> the issue there is a lot of people want those guardrails too and want that safety and making sure that illegal things don't happen on these platforms i'm only saying it this way because i know it's not right but so it sounds to me like your problem with VR chat is that it's not being curated or regulated by a large corporation. Is that <laughs> it, it sounds to I, me like that's what you're saying. No, you're calling it. Uh, I wouldn't call it a problem. I'm saying it's a uh, not a place I feel like I need to spend time in. I'm very happy. Um, Spending my time in reality, I don't need that. I don't need to explore role-playing in virtual reality. And there's plenty of people out there who their reality is not. (laughs) Yeah, they're just not happy with it. And so it's a way for them to express themselves in a way that the real world doesn't allow them. And so I understand why that is an outlet for them. But uh, at the same time, when age disappears, when, you know, the age, you just have to do a selection screen to get through a gate and tell the system that you're 18. 
very horrible things can happen. And that's separate from adults wanting to express themselves and explore another another part of their personality that they can't in the real world but uh, that so i personally don't have a need to go in and spend uh, huge amounts of time in a place like vr chat rec room is a very cool place where you can play lots of fun games uh, you can play paintball and dodgeball and things like that and it's very cool but still i i don't have i'm, I'm happy to go to the one-off experiences walkabout mini golf where you buy the app and you can meet up with your friends and have a great mini golfing experience than have to go to rec room but yeah i'm seeing it in our comments people keying in on this there there needs to be stronger tools in place for making sure these places are safe and what whether i personally want to go into vr chat as uh you know, is a separate issue from whether those tools are in place to protect uh, some of those awful things from happening. Yeah, I feel, like, Ian, you and I are both parents of children of varying ages. Maybe we should have a dialogue, a discussion specifically about letting kids be in VR and mm. their what type of gatekeeping, what type of moderation. I would love to have that kind of debate. Maybe we should get some of the social people in and uh, and have them tell us how this is going in terms of the kid, because that is a big problem. An un, unattended child with a VR headset could potentially get themselves into a heap of concerning troubles, or they could just have a good time and expand their horizons. Uh, who knows? So half and the tempest their models for interaction were really interesting if you look at half and half they don't have voice chat at all as part of their uh, social vr games where you can go play tag in vr and i think it modulates your voice so you just have this little squeaky unintelligible voice if you say anything and the literally the only things you can do in that place is run around and play tag and that is a wholly different experience from real voices and having that attached to as soon as you have real voices in there, you're going to have cuss words. You're going to have an, an even more worse than that. You're going to have mm -hmm. lots of awful things. Then you go to the tempest where you have no voices, where the only voice doing that experience is a, actor who has several performers participants going through this experience with them it's absolutely fascinating this divide between as soon as you introduce voice to the experience you're opening yourself up to an incredible number of awful things that can happen um and i'm seeing even rec room like i said junior accounts totally deactivates voice and deactivating voice there also makes the experience easier for the adults that don't want to hear screaming children interrupting just a game of basketball. So it's there's a lot of things going on with moderation, safety that really need to be handled. I'm seeing that our commenters like have gone back and forth. We hear from all those people who hate Facebook week in and week out. And this bugs me every time I mention the word Facebook, my headset activates and here's, <laughs> you know, the, the speak word where it thinks I'm giving it a voice command just by you saying need a new word. safe word with your Facebook devices. <laughs> yeah, um, but we, it is one of the reasons that company attached your real account, your actual identity to the things you do in VR is it is this level of accountability that Facebook can kick you off its platform. If you do something that that crosses the line, the, what I'm getting at here with this freedom and openness 
is people also want to have Facebook not be in control. Like, I, I guess the thing that bugs me about the, the Facebook real identity thing is it's by instituting that, at the same time, you're also encouraging people to try to set up fake accounts. So even if they've gone through all the steps of uh, setting up a Facebook account and using that, you could still have bad actors setting up fake accounts and trying to get through that and doing uh, you're setting up a safety system that feels safe, but it might not actually be because you're just asking bad actors to to go through a few more steps to trick the system. It's interesting though, because this isn't really anything new. Kids have been using fake IDs to McLovin goes in to buy some beers this is not new. This is just a digital version. So how do you get around that? How do you stop uh, a kid from buying booze with a fake ID? You create rules that anybody who looks under the age of 40, you card them. You put people who are going in moderating. Maybe we need VR cops VR police, maybe. Maybe there needs to be some form of digital ID that is unique to an account. Maybe it should be something that everybody has a universal, because that's what we need, another standard. I don't know. We need something, though, because I want to know that, obviously, my younger child has a kid's account in Rec Room, and she can scream all she wants. I know nobody can hear her. So... I'm not worried about, and she can't hear other people and it's all well and good. And she's only playing with her cousins in Ohio anyway. So it's not like it's any big thing. I, I do believe though, that this isn't something that's going to go away because it's always been around. So we're just going to have to find a new, clever, inventive way of moderating this sort of stuff. And I did see there was some interest in that conversation I had suggested we could go on and on about this, but I think that's a whole big topic for another time with the right panel of people involved. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I guess I'll throw it out there that nothing replaces an attentive parent who knows what their kid is doing with their device. Exactly. You got that right. You got that right. An attentive parent knows what their child is doing. I don't want to get too far away from the fact that VR chat just keeps having money thrown at it which means it's doing something right. And a lot of people are really happy about that. And I know that the, can you throw up that original picture that you had up? Yeah. Yeah, I know. VR chat has a very dedicated fan base and uh, they really, uh, there's a lot of really good people doing some amazing things in there. I have gone through experiences in VR chat that just blow my mind. I'm always very happy and excited to see some regulars. This right here, all the way to the right, that is Gunter. That is Gunter, formerly of Gunter's Universe. I don't know, maybe Gunter's Universe is still going on. It's been a little while. Hi, Gunter. Sorry, haven't been to your show in a bit. And some of these, I guarantee you that some of these people are regulars who have been in the VR chat community since day zero, day one, day two. And it's fantastic to know that such a diverse and accepting community exists and is building something so wonderful as VR chat. It makes logical sense that people would continue to throw money. I expect to see a uh, series uh, E, F, and G. No, I'm, I'm kidding you. That's not how business works. But uh, the development of this is just continuously impressing to impress me. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Do we have any other things that we want to cover, Ian, before we close down for the day? Yeah, I'm just looking at the comments. Things like with great power comes great responsibility. That Thanks, old uh, adage from Spider-Man. People really responding to just this overall uh, difficult situation. It is with moderation and safety in virtual worlds. I do want to throw out there that I did talk to these platforms. And as I understand it, they were fairly happy uh, with the account requirement being added and and being backed up because it is another tool in the repository of, of these platforms and being able to ban someone and make sure that they're gone for good. Because if they don't have 
of that real identity backing up, they just make a new account and come back. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, again, this tension between people wanting freedom and an option that isn't just Facebook to get into virtual worlds and build what they want with the safety that comes within the, the Facebook ecosystem. And our, our commenters are really keying on, in on that. Yeah, a lot of really good conversation today. Anthony Hairgrow and Mortano Smith and a couple other folks. Hawk 107. Reministic. Remin- yeah. Yeah, no, plenty of fun people. And, and we encourage that. We want you to come and check it out live and have conversations with us and let us know how you feel. But if for some reason you missed the show, then don't fret. We can still see your comments when you comment on the recording that you are going to watch and share with all of your friends and all over social media because everybody wants to see this. It's up to you to share it, to show it to them, and we appreciate that. Also, if you're listening on any of our podcast platforms, hello. You don't get to see us, but you get to hear our lovely voices and hear Wonderful discussions between Ian and I, and sometimes Heaney and other people too. If you go to uploadvr.com, you can check out all of our latest news, reviews, comments, and interviews. But you can also go to our YouTube channel and uh, and subscribe and hit all the stupid influencer button things. But then also check out the actual content because I would rather you watch more of our videos than spend time hitting and subscribe but you can do both because you've got the time and it's just a couple clicks but yeah we got some wonderful interviews that ian has done and videos that we've alluded to in all of our different episodes plenty of content to keep your uh appetite sated for vr content it's just a wonderful thing all right ian any last words I've got an interview with Walkabout Mini Golf that should be up later this week. Uh, go check that out. I believe they're looking for beta testers for the Steam version of that. Mm. Great, incredible experience to be able to get there and have a really great mini golf experience. And had an interesting interview with the lead dev over there where they this is their first VR game, and it's a pretty incredible way of mini golfing. I'm expecting that in uh, interview. To be a hole in one, Ian. <laughs> I had to give you at least one good dad joke, right? Just one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. With that, always like to leave on a high note. Thank you, everyone, so very much for watching. We will see you in the future.